Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book, Cad, Chapter 8. Bree watched Leah sleep and hoped the baby would wake up before Cat's brother Grayson arrived to take her to the house in San Antonio. These last minutes with her daughter were precious time, and she needed every second to count. Grayson will be here in about a half an hour. Cat informed her when he got off the phone. Bree had listened in on the flurry of calls that Cat had made after their guests' departures, but her main focus had been on Leah and her badge. It was hard to push that aside completely, even though that's exactly what Bree wanted to do. She'd been an agent for five years now, after she slogged her way through college night classes at the University of Texas and crudy jobs so she could get her degree. And Coop had helped her with that. In fact, he'd helped her with a lot of things to put on her track and keep her, keep her there. He hadn't just become her boss, but also her mentor and friend. All three of the nannies will be at this state in San Antonio. Cat explained. So Leo will have lots of attention from them and her three aunts. Still, it hurt that she wouldn't be there to share it. I've never thought of family as being a good thing. She mumbled, but I'm glad Leah has yours. So am I. He walked back to the sofa where she was seated. It's not too late, you know. You can go to San Antonio with them. Mercy, that was tempting. Just so she wouldn't have to leave Leah, but Bree had to shake her. Too big of a risk, especially since all of our suspects know I'm with you. Bree's gaze whipped to his. Please tell me that Grayson will take precautions when driving Leah to San Antonio. McClendon and the others can't follow him. They won't follow, Cat promised. Grayson's a good lawman, and besides, his pregnant wife is at that house. He wouldn't put her or any of the rest of the family at risk. Further risk, Bree mentally corrected, because the risk was already there. He sank down on the sofa next to her and touched Leah's cheek. The baby stirred a little, but went straight back to sleep. Bree repeated what Cat had done and got the same result. Don't worry, Cat said. You'll... You'll have time with her after this is over. Yes, and that was another unsettled issue to go with the others. Leah, a custody arrangement, and the man next to her. Her mind was already spinning with some possibilities. Maybe I can move to Silver Creek and get a regular job with the FBI. Those were things she considered before Coop's visit. If I still have a badge, that is. You will, Cat promised. Coop was just well. I think he was pissed that he didn't jump to go back with him. He's pretty territorial when it comes to you. Let's send her gaze back to his. There's nothing personal between Coop and me. Didn't think there was on your part, but Coop's reaction could be because of guilt. He failed to protect you, and now he's trying to make sure nothing else goes wrong. She stared at him. Or? Right. Or Anthony's accusation could be true. We have to at least consider that Coop might be in on this. I'm having someone check his financials to see if there's money trail that leads to the full bike clinic or any other suspects. Before today, Bree would have jumped to defend her boss. That was before someone tried to kill her. What about this, this witness that Anthony claims he has? Another hitch. Anthony won't give names, but both Jamie and he are supposed to show up at the sheriff's office tomorrow. Grayson told them they'd better have proof and the witness. That caused her stomach to churn, but she didn't want to believe that Coop could have endangered her this way. But it also gave her some relief. If Anthony maybe had proof that could lead to an arrest, then Bree wouldn't have to be away from Leah very long. Of course, that might not end the danger. Coop could... Coop could be just a small piece in all this, an insignificant piece, but Bree still didn't like that he could have kept a secret that would have impact on the investigation, not just for the Fulbright Clinic, but for the aftermath and what had happened to her. 
When are Anthony's and Jamie's trial dates? She asked Gad. Two more, two more weeks. I'll testify. I want you to do the same. Yes, because their testimony was what would convict them of the worst of the charges since there wasn't a lot of hard evidence. Nothing else on those missing surveillance backups, she pressed. No, we had agents looking for them, though. Agents who don't work for Coop. He added before she could voice concern. Even if we don't find them before the trial dates, our testimony should be enough to convict Jamie and Anthony of at least some of the charges. The security guards, too. Because those guards had tried to kill Cad and her on that undercover assignment. Plus, she could testify about the two illegal immigrant surrogates. <sighs> she furrated out wh while there. The woman had said both Jamie and Anthony were responsible for them being at the clinic. Of course, the woman had also since disappeared and hopefully were alive somewhere. But Bruce's testimony should be sufficient, unless... McClennan's lawyers could use my ordeal to question how reliable my memories are. That didn't help with the acid in her stomach. And we don't have proof that McClennan didn't. Anthony or Jamie was the one who had me kidnapped. Cad nodded. He used his arm around her. He also used her too. Two weeks is a long time, Bree. Anthony's witness could pan, could pan out, and if so, that meant Coop would be arrested or implicated in something bad. It's a long shot, and one she hoped she didn't have to face. What if an arrest doesn't end the threat against us yet? Then we keep looking. Cad pulled in a deep breath and brushed a kiss on her forehead. He didn't look at her, and it didn't seem as if he noticed what he had done. That made it even more scary. Had they become so comfortable with each other that a benign peck was standard? Apparently so. The danger was responsible for that, and Leah, Cad and she were joined at the hip now, and that wasn't likely to end any time soon. Their situation was bringing them closer together and keeping them there for now, but Bree knew that bubbles often burst. I know you're uncomfortable with all this. Cad said he glanced at his arm slung around her, then at the spot where he kissed her, so he had been aware of what he'd done. I'm comfortable, she corrected, and that's what makes and that's what makes me most uncomfortable. He left. It was smoky and thick. Oh, Mel, she realized it was the first time she heard him do that. It made her smile in spite of the mess they were in, and then the easy way and then the easy way she smiled only added to the discomfort. Jeez, she was in trouble in more trouble here in more ways than once. You take the danger out of the situation, he continued. Then what's happening between us might not be a bad thing. I mean, I'm attracted to you, and I'm pretty sure you're attracted to me. That's better than having us at each other's throats. That created an image that she tried to push aside. Fast, of Cat's kissing her throat, her kissing his, heck. She was just fascinated by kissing him, period. The attraction isn't going to make this easier, she reminded him. He paused, made a sound of agreement, then made another sound that could have meant anything. Not easier, but I can't seem to stop it. I dreamed about you. She was looking at him. Even though that put them face to face with their mouths too close together, another kiss wouldn't send them into a wild scramble to have sex on the sofa because Leah was there. But if the baby hadn't been, their all bets were off, and Grayson would arrive soon to take Leah. What then? More dreams? No doubt. She didn't question Cat about his dreams. Didn't need to hear the details. She'd had enough hot dreams about him when they played under the covers at the clinic. She doubted his dreams about her could be as hot as the ones she had about him. The corner of his mouth lifted, lifted, and a dimple flashed in his cheeks. That smile, no doubt, caused many women to melt into a puddle, and it was doing the same to her. But the puddle cooled down when she heard the sound. It was a slight 
It was slight, like a little squeak. However, it was enough to send Cad her looking down at Leah. The baby squirm made another of those sounds, and her eyes finally About time you woke up, Cad told her. And he kissed the baby on her cheek. Bree did the same, a puddle of a different kind. How could she possibly love somebody this miss? I'll miss her, Bree whispered. <sighs> Bree whispered, and that was a huge understatement. It would it would kill a piece of her to see Grace take her baby out the door. Yeah, Cat agreed. It sounded as if he had a lump in his throat. He opened his mouth to say more, but another sound stopped him. Footsteps, and that meant Grayson had likely arrived to take Leo away. Bree instinctively had to blink back tears. However, it was Mason who appeared in the doorway, and while he wasn't exactly out of breath, he had obviously hurried. He was carrying a left. We have another problem, he told him. Not another visitor. Of sorts. Mason Barbad, you guys are real popular today. Someone just galled over the fence. That someone is armed. Cad cursed and drew his gun. He didn't want a confrontation with a gunman, especially not with Leah still in the house, not with Bree there either. Mason put the laptop on the table in front of them. The screen was split into six frames, each of them showing the feed from the various security cameras positioned around the grounds. Mason pointed to the top right, where Cad could see an armed man behind a tree. He was he was armed, all right. A rifle with a scope. Bree pulled Lee even closer. How far away is he from the house? Half a mile, Mason answered. The moment Mason spoke, the guy darted out and raced for cover behind another tree. He was moving closer to the house, closer to Leah. I've alerted the ranch hands, Mason continued. He drew his And I'm about to head out there myself. Cad wanted to go with him. He wanted to be the one to confront this SOB and one way or another get some answers from him from him, but that would mean leaving Bree and Leo alone. He couldn't do that. Too big of a risk. I'll watch the surveillance and call call you if there's, an, there's a problem. Cat assured his brother. Mason nodded, switched his phone to the vibrate mode so that it wouldn't be heard, and he hurried out of the room. Bree moved closer to the laptop screen, her attention fastened on the man who was wearing dark camouflage pants and a shirt. He had a black cap that obscured the upper part of his face. How tall do you think he is? Yeah, six feet, maybe. He answered. Why? Do you recognize him? She kept studying. Maybe. I think he could be the man who kidnapped me. There's something about the way he's holding that rifle that looks familiar. Then Cad wanted the man alive. Of course, his brother already knew that, because this goon could give them answers. Cad wasn't sure if he could keep his temper in check if this was the man who put Bree through hell and back. Your captor held a rifle on you? Cad wanted to know. Bree nodded, and that only added to the anger he felt. Each little piece of information only worsened the description of hell that she'd been put through. The gunman moved again, going behind another tree. The shift in position only highlighted more of his face. Cad couldn't see the guy's eyes, but there had a clearer image of his mouth and chin. Recognize him? Cad pressed. Bree shook her head. I never saw his face, she reminded. Nor the woman's. So it was obvious that she thought this could be the guy, and that was enough for Cad. Cad looked at Leah to make sure she was okay, and thankfully she'd fallen back asleep. His baby girl didn't have a clue what was going on, but he didn't want her sensing any of Bree's fear. Except maybe it wasn't fear, because Bree was staring at the man as if she wanted to rip him limb from limb. Good. Fear was natural, but it was determination and some luck that would get them through this. There aren't any more trees between that part of the pasture and the house. Cad Luna. So if he wants to get closer to fire that rifle, we'll have to do it out in the open. Or Mason and the ranch hands could spot him. 
and hopefully stop him. Just in case the guy maneuvered, managed to get off a shot, Cad needed to take some more precautions. He grabbed the laptop and took it toward the other side of the room, toward the front of the house, and far away from the windows on the rear, where the gunman would no doubt be approaching. Cad helped Bree under the floor behind the sofa. The bathtub would have been safer if it weren't for the two windows in there. Cad kept his gun ready, and he watched. On one screen, he could see Mason and the three ranch hands, all armed, all headed toward the gunman. The gunman stayed put behind the tree, but he took a small device from his jacket pocket and aimed it toward the house. The gun has infrared. Cad mumbled along with some profanity. Cad fired off a text message to let Mason know that the gunman now had a way to get a visual of what was in the house. He wouldn't be able to see actually images, but he could tell from the heat blobs on his screen where they were. He came here to kill us, Bree's voice was barely a whisper, and Cad heard the fear now. She turned so that her body was between Leah and the gunman. She was protecting their child, and Cad moved in front of them to do the same. Cad braced himself for the gunman to come closer, especially now that he no doubt knew where they were, but the man didn't do that. He dropped the infrared device and fired, not at the house. He fired in the direction of Mason in the ranch hands. They all dived to the ground as the bullets pelted around them. They're pinned down, the fear and Bree's voice went up a notch. Cad felt his own fear rise, too, and he frantically searched the screen to see if any other ranch hands were close enough to respond and provide Mason and the others with some backup. They weren't, probably because Mason had ordered everyone to stay away from possible gunfire, and they were doing just that. At least a dozen of them were guarding the house, but it wouldn't do Mason and the others any good. I have to go out there, Cad told Bree. He hated to tell her this, but he had no choice. I can approach him from this direction. He tapped the screen to the gunman's right. While he's keeping my brother pinned down, I can sneak up on him. Bree shook her head, but then she groaned and squeezed her eyes shut a second. She knew this had to happen. Be careful, she said. That's the plan. Cat gave Leah and her one last look, hopefully a reassuring one, and he grabbed the Colt 38 from the table so he could put it by Bree's side. Things would have to have gone to hell in a handbasket if she had to use it, but Cad didn't want to leave her defenseless. He raced out the, out of the room, barely down the steps and out the front door. He stopped just long enough to holster his gun, handgun and grab a rifle from the weapon safe just off the foyer. Text Mason for me, Cad instructed the ranch hand guarding the front house. Tell him I'm approaching the shooter from the west side. The shots kept coming, not rapid firing any, any longer, probably because the guy wouldn't wanted to conserve ammunition, but the bullets were sparsed, spaced out just at the right pace to keep Mason and the others on the ground. Cad ran to the side of the house and peered around, but the angle was wrong for him to see the gunman. He headed toward the first outbuilding, the stables, and he raced along the side until he reached the back. Now he had the right angle. The shooter was still a good distance away, but the guy wasn't looking in Cad's direction, or thankfully, the direction of the house. Cad took aim, not for a kill shot, but for the man's right arm, and he fired. The shot blasted through the air. Cad saw the man's body snap back when the bullet slammed into his shoulder, but the shooter didn't drop the rifle. Despite the bullet, when the guy pivoted, lightning fast, aimed at Cad, and he fired. Cad ducked behind the stables in the nick of time. The shot slammed into the exterior wall in the exact spot where his head had just been. Whoever this guy was, he wasn't an amateur. Cad stayed low. Glanced around the stables, but before he could get a good look, another shot came out. 
than another. Cat tried to see this as a good thing. This way Mason might be able to return fire. It was hard to see the good side of things when the bullets coming at him. He got even lower to the ground and looked out again. The man had taken aim, but not a cat. At the house, his heart went to his knees. Yes, Bree and Leo were somewhat protected, but this guy could maybe get off a lucky shot. Cad couldn't risk that. He came out from the stables. His rifle already aimed at the intended target. No arm shot this time. He went for the kill, and Cad pulled the trigger. Even from this distance, he heard the sickening thud of the bullet turn into the shooter's body. The man's rifle dropped to the ground. Seconds later, so did the man. Cad started running toward him. Maybe, just maybe, he could get to him in time, before he took his last breath. And then, and then Cad couldn't learn the identity of the person who sent this monster after bringing his baby. End of chapter 8.